Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Infinite Boost Podcast. I am so happy to be back with you. I hope that you are doing well and healthy and your family is doing well and healthy and everybody that you care for is well and healthy. Uh, What an interesting uh, time we are all living in right now. It's uh, very bizarre, uh, but we are going to keep the content rolling. We are going to keep the interviews rolling in. And this one was a while ago. And you will notice that because we talk about LAN a couple times. And obviously, since uh, I recorded this episode, LAN has been very much canceled. We're already done with RLCS. The regional finals have concluded. Congratulations to G2 and Dignitas. If you didn't watch those, go back and watch uh, the championship weekends. They were a fantastic Rocket League. Anyways, my guest this week for episode 34 is the YouTuber Zeke and... uh, I need to stop saying this, but uh, like many other episodes, this was a surprise to me. I think it turned into an excellent episode. Zeke had so many good things to share, uh, and I'm really glad, as he says uh, in the early parts of the show, that he's happy to have a platform to just kind of talk things out, and I'm really happy that I am able to just sit down and talk to people about the game of Rocket League and everything that goes around to the mentality, the mechanics, the practice, the process, all of it. It's its a lot of fun, and I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Uh, and Zeke said that, and I totally agree with him. So speaking of what Zeke said, uh, be sure to give him a follow out there on Twitch and on Twitter. All of the links are down below. Join the Discord. Uh, wait until his question at the end. Make sure you let me know what you think about that over on the Discord or on Twitter as well. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, keep on the grind. Keep working. Don't give up. Roll the tape. Zeke, hello. thank you so much for joining me on the Infinite Boost podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for taking some time to join me on the podcast. I know, uh, well, you don't have as much going on right now uh, because of that video that you posted recently, Um, but just so we can get familiar and an Infinite Boost tradition, why don't you just uh, start off telling me a little bit about your Rocket League history, how you found the game, uh, what got you started, and kind of, you know, what got you to the point where you are right now in your game? Sure. Um, first of all, this is fun that anybody's been, nobody's been interested in my entire Rocket League career, so thank you for presenting the opportunity for me to talk about myself. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, let me see. So I started playing... I think in 2016, 2017, it was like a year or two after the game came out sometime in season three. Uh, And I never had really any intentions to do content creation. I was just focusing on improving. I, for whatever reason, I like highly fixate on games and just try to get as good as I can. So it was like the Binding of Isaac beforehand. And Rocket League was kind of a game where no matter how much I played, I couldn't reach the cap like I could in another game. So it wasn't even that I like loved the game or anything it was just that i i couldn't stop improving i guess mm, um, couldn't stop it oh I, okay it, now if I that see. makes sense not i'm yeah, not yeah, yeah. you know tuning my own horn but wait uh, that you kept improving or you feel like you couldn't reach where you could stop improving both you know what i mean i was driven by the fact that i was improving because 
I I, I don't know. I Got it. No. Yeah. Now, I've never played Binding of Isaac. Is that a game where you feel like you can constantly improve? I'm not completely familiar with that game. Yeah, it's a little hard to describe. It's nothing like Rocket League at all. It's a single player game. But there's it's like a dungeon crawler type thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was just a, a large skill ceiling in that game when it came. It was it was unique and challenging, so it provided. Um, it was difficult, and I was focusing on getting like all the achievements in the game. That was my goal. That was like the grand champ of that game. Nice. Okay. Uh, and then I reached that, and then immediately stopped wanting to play the game. I think I played like three hours since then, and I had like two hundred something. Huh. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. But anyway, uh, I, so I stuck with Rocket League for a long time. Since then, really, I haven't played any other games. Um, and, and did you grow up playing sports? No, not really. I'm okay. Very so just mostly uh, on the game side. Well, I like I'm, you know, not to play my own trumpet, but uh, I'm pretty physically fit. Like I keep up and I I exercise a lot, but uh, okay, so I was never into sports. So. Hey man, you you don't have to be modest here. You can you can <laughs> I'm, sing you can sing your praises. I'm jacked, Tom. <laughs> I'm jacked. Okay. Well, I'm jealous because I'm anything but that at this point in my life. So uh, <laughs> that's just hearing in, that, that is you know, like that's like an improvement just as much as a video game. That's how I view it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it. I've been thinking about that a lot myself recently, like working out and just kind of how I view anything that involves improvement or like building a skill. Because I think like a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm going to start running. So I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to start doing calisthenics to work out. So I need to learn how to do, um, you know, a million pull-ups in a row or those things where you pull yourself up to the bar and then push yourself over the bar. Like that's, that's the only gauge of me being able to be successful. Right. So I go to the extremes immediately and then get discouraged because it's going to take me years and months to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, a matter of perspective at that point. Yeah. And, and my tough. perspective was not good. <laughs> but anyways, oh. this isn't about me. Keep going. Well, real quick to revise my my statement. Um, my friend just messaged me. He he, he mentioned that uh, I did play... I, I joined my school's bowling team this past year. Hey, so, there you go. That is a sport, I guess. It is a, it is a sport. Pluto is also, I don't know if you're familiar with Pluto, uh, the former pro, and now he is yeah, a yeah, yeah. streamer as well. He's a big bowler. Hmm, interesting. And, and he's going to be at LAN. So you guys, hmm. I don't know, you might have to have a bowl off. <laughs> I'm not great, but I'll try my best. What is not great? Not, I don't know, man. Because it seems like you you have a tendency to be modest. Like, are you going to say not great, but your average is like 220? No, no, no. Like, uh, I think I was on the JV team last year in, a, in my high school where there were like six other people on the team. So, not great. Not great. Okay, anyway, fair enough. Anyway, anyway Rocket League. Uh, yeah, so I I stuck with it completely competitively for as long as I could. Um, and I still do. And then around, I think it was about two, two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, I've been doing videography and cinematography and like video stuff all my life, parallel to everything else. 
so I was like, hey, I have all these skills editing and creating films. Uh, I bet I could carry that over to Rocket League. And I started with montages for my friends. And then pretty much immediately, uh, again, I was just focusing on improving myself in that, that area. And in the span of two or three months, I got picked up by All the Rage, which is like this freestyling editing team. Hmm. And then from there, it's just kind of, it, it moved on with editing. I joined Pulse, which is like the big team. Um, yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, they're probably the most prominent of all those, but there's lots of little people. Not, For sure. <laughs> not to demean them, but like smaller groups. <laughs> I, mean, I like, when you think like, of freestylers, though, you think of that. Because isn't one of the Pulse guys the guy that always plays with Jazer? Yeah, MK. He started the whole thing. Right, that's what I thought. Yeah, if you think of Rocket League freestyling, you think of Pulse. So it, it was that was cool. Um, and during that time, I took pretty much like a nine month break from playing the game. So oh wow! At that point, like I, I I played sporadically, but it was, uh, it wasn't consistent enough to where I was actually losing skill at the game. So like mm-hmm. I I feel like I'm tech, I feel I'm worse off now than I was back then, like a year ago. It's probably mm-hmm. better at the game, which is demotivating, but I'm getting back into it. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I focus feel on... like you're worse now than you were nine months ago. Yes. It hurts. Because you've been editing so much. Cause, yeah, because I had no time to play the game. Right. So, so you feel like you haven't, you've almost moved backwards in the past nine months. To an extent. Yeah, it's like muscle memory. So sure, yeah. It doesn't take another nine months to learn it, but I haven't really yeah. had the time to commit to play consistently and get the skill back. For sure. So how many hours do you have? If you started in like 2016, 2017, how many hours do you have in the game? I currently have 3,315 hours. Okay. And I think most of those came from the first few years, and then it's kind of tapered off since. Well, in a lot of those hours, especially if you spent nine months editing... A lot of those hours are just Raw. pulling clips and things of that nature. I'm very, I, I would say some, but uh, I'm weirdly not neurotic, but like I'm, I'm very careful about how many not about not inflating my hours in the game. So anytime Same. I'm not playing, I just shut it off. Yes. So it's pretty accurate. Okay. Cool. So then, I mean, you got to the level that, I mean. What is your, like, where does your MMR sit right now? Uh, I think I'm at, like, 1750 to 17, like, mid to high 1700s currently. Okay. So here's here's probably the most important question I could ever ask you, is who's better, you or Peyton? Oh, no. <laughs> That's, um, well, okay, I don't want to come off as a, as a, you know an a-hole but um because as soon as you say your answer i'm gonna tell you what he said he I, he said me what i i bet he said me and what would you say me oh no, wow no no offense to him but he, i don't know i'm well do you want to know what he said yes what did he say i mean he said you too yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> it's a calculated risk on my end <laughs> yeah he did. He did say you. I thought I would start off uh, building a little contention and uh, <laughs> drama in the podcast, but 
It was more just for fun, especially when he immediately was like, oh, yeah, Zeke is better than me. Yeah, he's like, I mean, he's not bad. Um, he just hasn't had as much time at the higher. Well, yeah, I mean, he's still he's still a GC. So, well, now he's like champ, too. But I saw uh, that that tweet. He has a he has the capabilities of being GC. I think it's both interesting for I mean, but you when you play, you're still like sitting in that range right now. Right. Or like, where are you now with your MMR? Yeah, playing at that range feels well. It's it's weird for me because I know what it feels like to play at a higher level, because I I was at. And a, when you say point. higher level, do you mean higher than seventeen fifty? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, there were th- it was weird. There were moments when I came back during that break where I'd play for a few weeks and then I felt really really good, but I never actually solidified that skill into muscle memory. So coming back, it's completely gone. So I know uh-huh. what I know how I should be playing, but I can't really play like that. If that makes huh. sense, it, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah. So I mean, you obviously got really good quite fast. I mean, quite fast. Three thousand hours is a long time over a a, a span of years. Um, but in terms of like some pros, you know, they have seven, eight, nine thousand hours, uh, and are you know they they sit around anywhere from 18 to 2000 MMR, 1800, not just 18 MMR. Um, so what do you think attributed to you getting to that skill level at the rate that you did? Good Break question. that down for me a little bit. Yeah. So like I said, I've always been driven by improvement. That's like my number one thing in life. I like committing to something and being good at it. Um, but I think mostly my mentality, really, I was going to make a few videos about this, but um, pretty early on, I started doing research into sports psychology and mindfulness and meditation and things like that. Wow. So I think I've always had a really healthy mindset about improving. So I haven't really run into any mental hurdles in that sense. So it just comes down to the effort that I put into the game. I'm not restricting myself in any way. So what when you say hurdles, what do you really consider a hurdle or what would you call a hurdle? Uh, just an unhealthy mindset about learning and trying to get better at something. Like people who get tilted when they lose. So you would say like that, that you don't really get tilted? No, not really. Uh, I think... I get frustrated at myself. Sure. But I've never really gotten mad at other people for beating me. Uh-huh. I just so, view, I view failure as just you can it's an opportunity to learn. That's that's awesome. I mean, I I 100% agree with that statement. And so I know I brought this up with Peyton, but I think it's still very pertinent and something good to talk about, especially with what you're talking about in terms of mentality. Uh, so go back. Did you see that, uh, tweet that Ninja put out? Yes. Uh, oh yeah, ago? I did. Why don't you share your thoughts on that with me? Oh like, yeah. Break that, that down tweet, for me a little bit. That tweet kind of annoyed me because it's dividing people, but it's, I, I don't agree with the way he said what he did. Let me pull it up. Just so I'm, uh, I think I actually, I have a screenshot of it, I think. Let me see if I can get it real quick. 
Damn, he tweets a lot. <laughs> he does tweet a lot. Can't find it. Okay, no, I got it. You got it? Cool. Yeah, the phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset. You're okay with what happened, losing imperfection of a craft. So I get what he's saying, that you shouldn't be complacent. Like, if you lose, you shouldn't give up. Uh huh. But I think it's kind of a negative mentality. He's conveying that you should be angry that you lost. Yeah. I don't think you should be angry. I think you should be, you should view it as, like I said, a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be driven to improve yourself, but you shouldn't be angry that you failed at what you did. Uh, it's like, it's uh, the difference between, uh, I can't remember the, the terminology, but it's like a goal-oriented mindset or an, an effort-driven mindset. So if, I, if I'm playing this tournament or something and I go out and say, I, I, I am getting fourth place. That's how I'm motivating myself by telling me, or like, I'll win, I'll win the tournament. And I go, I'm mm-hmm. going to go out there and I'm going to win the whole thing. You're setting yourself up to be, you're walking a very fine line of mental health, I feel like. Where if you don't reach that goal, you're crushed because that's how you motivated yourself. So you, you build up all that motivation on, that, on, on completing the, the goal that you've set. Whereas if you tell yourself, I'm going to play the best I can. Yeah then no matter what placing you get, you've succeeded and you're still able to look back at what you did poorly and learn from that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that holds a lot of people back, like friends even. Um, uh, I had a friend a few years ago who ran into that issue constantly. We couldn't play ranked because he'd get pissed off if we lost a game and it just stopped him at every possible opportunity he had to learn. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, and it's it's such an easy place to fall into of not being, like, thinking when you lose a game or lose a tournament or something, that just feeling like the end, like you're not good enough, even though there's still much, so much potential or opportunity to grow from everything that you do. Right. So... Talk to me a little bit about how you look at failure or losing and how you work through that. Well, okay. I think in some ways it's been easier for me because I haven't really had to overcome negativity. I've always just viewed it neutrally, I guess. So By obviously... it, what do you mean it? Failure. Okay. Some, in, it's in an abstract way. Um, like I've grown up I feel like with positive problem solving skills, like I've been raised in an environment where I haven't really had to work to overcome negative mental health. Sure. Um, I think I'm pretty fortunate in that sense. Yeah. Uh, So I've always, I've just been indifferent to failure. Obviously I'm trying not to fail, but if I do, it's just something that I see the ability to learn from. Huh. That's such a, I mean, that's such a powerful lesson to have, you know, at the, at the point of life that you're in to be able to move forward with that is, is fantastic because, you know, it, at my age, uh, and you know, I am a grown man. I'm an adult. Like I have a career and all of those things. And I, 
I there I'm nowhere close to having things figured out or all together and I still struggle with failure and insecurity and things of that nature. Like I tweeted it out the other day, like the past four years, you know, I've been second guessing myself and questioning mm-hmm. every decision and wondering if I'm going to be doing the right thing or looking at something the right way or if this is the right way. I mean, especially when it comes to stuff like content, you know, are people going to watch this? Are people going to like it? Is is it going to get views or are people going to listen, you know, doing this podcast, tweeting it out, doing it live, are people even going to want to watch it? But you just have to decide to like actually do something and roll with the punches. Like yeah. if it doesn't work, figure it out from there. Absolutely. And to tie that back to Rocket League, <laughs> that reminded do. me of um, a tweet that Explosive Gyro sent out saying something about um, about just going for the ball. He was like, he sees a lot of issues with people hesitating to make a mm-hmm. decision. So it's like it applies to challenging the ball in Rocket League where you just go, I'm going to do this and go for it. And then if you don't hit the ball, you're like, okay, I won't do that next time. That that applies to life in the sense like it's better to commit to something and then if it fails, learn from it than to hesitate and hold yourself back from mm-hmm. potentially Definitely. accomplishing something. For sure. And I, I feel like you can even take that to another level in Rocket League in terms of practicing new mechanics or learning something new the only way that you're going to be able to learn something new is trying it and failing figuring out what didn't work so that you can do something different to try and get it to work the second time or the third time or the 500th time exactly yeah uh i mean so your mechanics are already are obvious well i mean where would you say you are with like advanced mechanics, like flip resets, ceiling shots? Would you say you're pretty efficient with those? Uh, well, it's a matter of perspective, I guess. Compared to the player base, I'm like the top, what, 0.01%. But compared to my own standards uh, and like my friends and people I interact with, I'd say I'm actually pretty inconsistent and not great with mechanics. Friends meeting... Rocket like, League friends, yeah, or yeah. are okay. I was like, if your real life friends just happen to be as good at the game as you are, <laughs> that's just baffling. That would be nice. No, <laughs> nobody, nobody plays Rocket League. Oh, really? So you're kind of just like, I mean, I am in a silo myself. I really have. Well, actually, a couple guys that I work with play Rocket League. That's oddly cool. enough, um, but no, no, uh, none of your real life friends play. No, I tried to get them into it a few different times, but nobody stuck. That's crazy. It it's, is it is the best game. <laughs> they just don't know it yet. Exactly. So go back to, let's talk about uh, getting to the point where you're at now in terms of skill. How, how did you go about doing that? How did you go about... Um, like ranking up and and figuring all that out because um, yeah. I mean you you got good pretty fast did you spend a lot of time in free play? like what was your strategy behind that I I honestly can't remember very well I remember a lot of replay analysis I'm a big advocate for replay analysis 
as well as um, I remember one summer I played the game more than I had and have since. It's like 90 or 120 hours a week or something or every two weeks. Um, so for rotations, I did a lot of replay analysis. I'd watch professionals play and then uh, try to observe what they did when like the ball was positioned in a certain way and people in the field were in a certain position. And then I try to find those examples in my games and just kind of build up like a mental picture of how the game is supposed to look and then compare that to mine. And then for mechanics, I would, uh, I did a lot of, not necessarily free play. I would, I guess it's a mix of a lot of things. My, my main, the thing that helped me out with most, with mechanics was watching a movie on my second monitor while practicing that stuff. Sure. So so that one summer I, (laughs) I spent the entire, I don't think I hung out with a single person that entire summer. (laughs) Uh, I would just watch movies on my one monitor and do free play and training packs and workshop maps on my main all day. What are some of your favorite uh, training packs, workshop maps? Uh, It was pretty much only two. I don't, I can actually pull up the names real quick, but uh, it was the, I followed the Kevpert. Yeah. Routine for a long time the slalom map mm-hmm. um, i just then, watched that video today like the advanced air roll or like the advanced air control yeah video. he needs to come back i like that. yeah what's the deal he's still around he's on my friends list he's he's plays the game pretty frequently he just doesn't make videos and i i feel like i saw him get interviewed by somebody uh recently as well like I can't remember who it was. I need to see if I can get him on the show. That would be cool. He'd be great to talk to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the video is still so good. He he follows some of the mental stuff that I did, this training thing. Wait, go into that uh, specifically like mental training? Yeah. So like I said before, sports psychology. uh, Right. I mean, there, hop well, into that. Like, if there are specifics that you can jump into, yeah, I'm, I'd I should have mentioned this. I should have mentioned this. So, totally. okay, look, I'm, I pulled it up. It's, it's back now. That's great. So, this guy named uh, Weldon Green, who's like a coach for a professional League of Legends team, he made this program called the MAC program, which stands for Mindfulness, um, Acceptance, and I think Concentration. Huh. So it's... Uh, What's his name again? Weldon Green. You'll have to send me a link for this so I can link it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll send you send you his Twitter. I mean, it doesn't have to be right now, but uh, oh. but yeah, send that to me because I'm intrigued. Keep going. So it's it's no different than sports psychology. It's just applied directly to gaming, which is useful. But like... Uh, reading the website, it says it's 46 daily lessons, approximately 20 minutes, and it lasts a few months. And it's just exercises of meditation and um, him just discussing things. And you just kind of sit there for about half an hour a day and listen to him talk and do what he says. And I don't know if... That's so fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The meditation I got... I didn't realize that it was like a skill that I was improving at until I took a long break from doing it. And now I can barely 
do it. It's it's hard to explain, but you you're supposed to like sit there and imagine certain things. Yeah. Um and like it it's definitely a muscle that you can train because I'm way worse at it now. Well, I'm sure when you start you're doing just like 5 minutes or yeah. less and work your way up, right? Yeah, it starts out really short. Yeah. I actually uh what's experimented with meditation like 2 or 3 years ago. And of course, when I was doing that, I worked from home, so I had all the time in the world, but now I have to be at work early yeah. in the morning. So I don't have, I, I will I will take responsibility and say I don't make the time or take the time to do it. But it, I mean, it's it's clearly has its benefits. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about the meditation. Like, it's hard for me to say because there was no quantifiable thing that it improved but uh the course itself i would i recommend to everyone it's pretty cool that's interesting because i mean i don't want to be too forward but it seems like uh for for whatever reason your experiences have led you to be a pretty uh relaxed and go with the flow kind of guy anyways (laughs) Uh, and I feel like that is the one thing that meditation helps people with the most is just kind of bringing their presence and their awareness back to themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and if you have that naturally, uh, it, you might not see as much of a benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Huh. So what are what are some other things that you saw from that or like different things that were beneficial not to like have any spoilers or anything like that well i think it educated me a lot like it talked about certain mentalities to have and stuff um the main reason i started it was because i would get like weird performance anxiety anytime i played the game which was odd i had stage fright when i was like 6 but i hadn't experienced it since then uh, so i was going to like these local lands near my house and i would perform terribly because i would get super anxious Hmm. so i went into it for that and i don't know how much it helped but uh it probably it probably helped Uh, yeah that's that's really interesting and i I actually had a conversation on the first episode with turtle we talked about that i mean i was going to talk to him about playing the game and then all we ended up talking about was mindset mm-hmm. um and we talked a lot about him being at lan and just being completely in his mind when he was playing like especially if he would make a mistake or something like that and just get so stressed out about making mistakes and making the right decisions and i mean at the end of the day you're just not pl- you're not able to play at your highest level when you're in that kind of a state. Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, it it was it was an excellent uh way to start off the show. I was I mean, I was excited to have an RLCS caster plus former pro to, you know, launch the podcast, uh but then once we got done with that conversation, it was just it was a really really good time. I would certainly recommend uh, going back and taking a listen. Sure. Um, so how would you say that came across in how, when you guys were playing your games for RLRS? Like, 
obviously playing ranked is one thing. Do you play in any other leagues or do you play like uh, in tournaments or try to do that? Or was RLRS one of those? Oh, but you've, you've played in RLRS in the past. So the qualifier, I mean, you yeah. haven't played, you haven't played in RLRS, but the qualifiers you played in. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have played in RLRS. I mean, yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. Um, but talk a talk a little bit about your experience because you've had some reasonable success. Uh, you've you've qualified for play-ins, right? Yeah, I think I got top forty-eight at the highest. So like how do you ago. when you're when you're getting that far in a tournament? Uh, how do you look at that? How do you like what kind of just talk through your experience a little bit, like how you're feeling during it and how you look at it afterwards. Uh, and just kind of your whole reflection process. Sure. Well, real quick to preface, the RLRS qualifiers, I've always gotten screwed over like the day before they start. I have to scramble and find a team. So <laughs> I found I somehow got top 48 with these random guys that I found like the week before. Oh, um, so you hadn't even really... Like that wasn't a team No, we had practiced for, with. for just a tiny, tiny bit. Wow. I've never I've never had like a consistent team and all my time trying every it, I think the longest team I've had was like a week or two. It's it's not been good. A week or two. It's unfortunate because I really enjoy that stuff. But uh, yeah. So re- to go back to what you're saying, um, I think with any kind of performance like that, something that you spend so much time training for. Uh, when you're training, you're able to keep that presence or you, you want to try to at least keep that presence of mind and really focus on what you're doing and look at the micro details and concentrate on that stuff. That's how you improve. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that tournament ter- tournament setting and you have all the nerves and all the pressures riding on you, you can't think about all the small stuff. So it, it's like you go into an animal brain where you're not really able to think logically and you just have to fall back on what you've practiced. If that makes sense, like um, say you're wrestling or something and you spend all your time in training, practicing certain techniques and you set them up ahead of time and you like know the names for all of them. The second you get in the ring or on the ring with somebody that completely goes out the window and you just think I'm I'm taking this person down and then your body kind of knows what to do at that point. So you actually feel like you do a good job of just being in the moment. I couldn't, (laughs) I don't know, honestly, probably not the best. Uh, I definitely don't remember a lot of the competitive stuff, probably because of all the stuff that was going on. Um, Like I've been to multiple lands. I went to this pretty big one called the Giga land in Austin. And we were seated to win pretty we proceeded to come like third or fourth place and we failed very low in the bracket. Uh, but it, that was like all an all day thing and I don't remember any of it. I remember getting scored on at one point and I remember leaving. That was it. <laughs> getting scored on once and then leaving. Yeah, I was playing on a stage and the monitors were 60 hertz and I was used to 240. Oh. And I could not play. That was that was not a good day for me. Did that I mean did that just throw you off? Yeah, it was a combination of that and also we had been seated like I said really high. We were supposed to win 
like a good amount of it was like eight hundred dollars or something if we came to the place that we were supposed to oh man so i had that in my mind the entire time um so i wasn't able to really relax and i just yeah didn't do you had the you had the pressure on you Mm -hmm. and you would say that that got to you yeah yeah again that that goal oriented mindset isn't isn't great it failed me there so then when you were looking at when you were getting better at the game when you were going through the process of getting better at the game you weren't thinking i want to be grand champ or i'm guessing because of what you were saying like the goal wasn't grand champ well the goal was just to be as good as i could i guess so grand champ comes with that right i think but that wasn't the exact goal the goal was to improve yeah yeah so now to improve sure um And that was actually my next question, because obviously, you know, with what you're doing now in terms of YouTube and editing and and building that, how do you find a a balance in between those? Well, I haven't, which is why I took out one major limiting factor, which was school. So now I have all the free time I need. And so with that, I'm getting back into competitive. And how do you, how do you think you're, have you formulated a plan for yourself of how you're going to balance those? Well, I think I naturally enjoy structure and kind of being very consistent doing the same things. So Mm -hmm. I think it'll take some time to find the balance, but once I do, I, I can probably stick to it pretty well. Yeah. Do you enjoy practicing? If I feel like I'm improving, yeah. It can be frustrating when I'm not. That's a really okay, so that's a that's a really good statement and something that I find extremely interesting when it comes to Rocket League because so often people will say I'm in a slump or I've hit a slump or you know, I'm not improving. I've been XYZ for so long. Do you remember a time in your Rocket League career where you felt like you weren't improving? And then what was it that clicked that then helped you start improving again? Well, I don't <laughs> I don't really believe in slumps. Like I I've made videos on them and stuff, but I don't I I can't really like I guess technically right now I'm in a slump, but I don't really view it that way. So I'm not as good as I was at one point. And I can't really improve, but I don't see myself as this. I'm not categorizing where I am, I guess. I'm just kind of viewing it. I'm not labeling what I'm doing. I'm just trying to improve from where I'm at, if that makes sense. Well, sure. Yeah. I, I feel course. like a slump is inherently negative because you compare yourself to where you were at one point in the past. And that doesn't really matter. It just matters what you're doing going forward. Oh, so so you were saying how? In a Look time at all the these knowledge bombs you're dropping, Jeez Louise! <laughs> I'm um, glad I have a platform to share this. This isn't like people don't want to hear this on YouTube, so it's not ideal for content. Do they not want to hear it? I think they need to hear it, but I think the second somebody hears anything about mental health, they aren't as attracted to it. I think here's okay. 
Zeke, we are we are putting I can't we are putting our flag in the ground <laughs> and we are making this a thing in the Rocket League community. Okay. Not like necessarily and I don't even look at it as mental like a mental health thing. It's almost just making it a goal to reframe how people look at things. Because I don't I mean, I don't necessarily see anything as a slump either. Um I will say that I look at skill and growth as like I mean, people hit plateaus. Like you get to a point where you just naturally are naturally. Like if you play this game we call Rocket League and say you don't you don't pay you don't spend any time in free play. Like if you just grind games over and over and over again, you will naturally continue to get better until you get to a certain point where like your natural abilities and understanding of the game will take you. And that is like a plateau. Sure. Or like a a brick wall that you run into. And that's when you have to add in things like looking at replays or free play training packs to break through that wall. But then eventually you're going to run into another wall. Like, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think plateaus are I'm not arguing plateaus don't exist. And it's different for everybody. Um, That's interesting that you mentioned that. Because I have a friend who uh, was, he got pretty, like, 1,700. If he's watching, he knows who he is. Um, He got, like, to a high rank. And I talked to him about this stuff. And I realized he, like, it wasn't, it's not that it wasn't intentional, but he wasn't really conscious about his improvement. He was just playing how he always did and naturally got to 1,700 or so. By just grinding the game, I guess. Yeah, Not even sure. a ton. Like, he has about the same amount of hours as I do. But when because he didn't l- learn those skills about improving in mindset and everything, it held him back. So once he did reach that plateau, unless he learned how to overcome those hurdles, he's been stuck at that rank for like two years. Yeah. And... I think anybody can learn that stuff. Like, it's not like he's out of luck. It just comes down to whether or not you want to. I think it's, I think it's having the awareness, uh, like that, that is part of the process that, you know, and I mean, good for him that he can just naturally get to 1700. That's amazing. I wish, I wish I think, I mean, I say this now and I said this about when I finally hit champ one for the first time. Like when I hit champ one, I was like, okay, I've done everything that I need to do in this game. And then two weeks later, I was like, grand champ, grand champ, grand champ. Mm -hmm. Um, But like to be able to get to 1700 just naturally is amazing. It's bizarre Um, is what it is because he didn't like he couldn't analyze replays. I was like, what do you think you should have done here? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> That's so, mind somehow, somehow he was just going off of instinct for that entire time. So where would you say was your first like natural hurdle 
you know, whatever plateau, whatever you want to call it, like where was your first stopping point along the road? Well, rank wise, I sat in champ two, I think for three months or so. And that probably was like circumstance in life or something that caused me to fall off my schedule or something. I don't remember. Um, But generally, I think my mechanics have caused me to have hindered my ability to improve further. Honestly, it feels like I'm so inconsistent that I can't. Okay, so when learning something. So, so like bowling, for example. If you break up the swing into a few different things, so you learn how to throw your arm back and then you learn how to walk or vice versa, whatever, um, you break up the process of learning into different manageable things that you can learn at one time, if that makes sense. Sure. So if you just tell somebody to throw a bowling ball, their form is going to be terrible. But if you show them how to walk, they can walk fine and then maybe their swing is off. So you teach them how to swing. Um, And you have to hammer down to some degree the consistency to build on top of to improve Mm -hmm. further. So I think I'm hitting a point where my mechanics aren't consistent enough to where I can learn how to rotate properly at a higher rank. To rotate properly. To to just perform better, I guess. To 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 be in the flow of a higher level game. Yeah. Right now I view my rotations as horrible. I don't feel confident in rotating in this this present time because of your mechanics because of a lot of things but yeah i think my my if i was like squishy level consistency and i still had poor rotations then you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now (laughs) i hope you i hope you would squishy if you're out there please come on the show but uh i mean for sure i understand i understand what you're saying well finish your point i'm sorry I think to to that extent, mechanics are sort of more important than rotations. And that when you are completely consistent in one area, it allows you to focus on other things to improve on. So, like I said, if I was completely, if I was 100% mechanically consistent like the pros, it would take me like less than a week to learn how to rotate properly. For sure. I complete. Yeah. I. So I agree with you. And I think going back to like your friend that was 1700. I would say that he basically got there on the back of being able to understand the game at such a high level that he could get to 1700 purely based on mechanics but then he doesn't necessarily understand the intricacies of rotation and flow of the game to get beyond 1700. I think he doesn't understand or didn't, or I don't want to, you know, I don't know for sure, but hypothetically, I think it's that he, he, sorry, I'm trying to take my pants off. Jeez. <laughs> I've First pants time over on the podcast shorts. for that, pants everybody. over my shorts. Sweatpants. I'm just getting hot. Okay. Um, pants are off. <laughs> time to really get started. Now we're, now now, we're really now ready we're to go. <laughs> uh, Do I, I don't need to mark he, this he, stream not safe for work? Not if the webcam is off. 
Perfect. Okay. Anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad that we weren't ready for that phase yet. Then, <laughs> any, go go ahead. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of his learning was conscious, and I think that's what held him back. Yeah, it's it's so weird though. Like my friends can attest to this. I've told him exactly what he needs to work on, and he's recognized it and said, "Yes, I understand." And it just doesn't work. He can't improve. Well, like and I he, think there's. I've never is seen. Is he motivated to improve? That's well. That's another thing. I'm not sure. Yeah. That is that. I that's certainly part of it. I would say. I mean, I would guess. Of course, you obviously have more experience with your friend than I have experience with your friend. So, and he has more experience with himself. I'm not claiming to, you know, know his mind. Right. I I want to go back. So. Um, you said that you were in champ two for like three months. And if that's been your longest stint somewhere, I am going to start crying inside a little bit. Um, but like even going all the way back to when you first started the game, you know, did you ever get stuck in like platinum or diamond or anywhere? Or was it just like a consistent growth all the way up to where you are? I remember it being very consistent. Uh, when I first started playing, I, I wanted to get to the highest rank possible. I remember it. Like, I made a video um, of like a progression montage, and the only reason I was able to make that was because from the very first few months of me playing the game, I was saving replays and categorizing it by hours and rank. So I I don't know that's just who oh, I wow. am but like I well, had I <laughs> you were you were categorizing your replays from when you started by hours and rank yeah like there's hour there's replays of me from like t- I think three hundred hours was the lowest I started putting the hours but anytime I hit a cool shot I would go in and put two slashes so I knew what it was and then put how many hours I had because I knew that I would get further and I knew that I would enjoy I think it's motivating to look back at where you were before and say, Oh, I'm better than that. That, that just blows my mind that you had that much foresight. To Yeah. Just... It seems a little like it makes me seem a little bit weird, like serial killery. No, don't say not that to That's... that extent, but like, I'm not, I, I'm not like, I don't know. No, I just, I, I want to say that I am genuinely like impressed thank you that uh that uh you know you were able to look at this and be like i am going to be able to look back on this in a year and have my progression perfectly documented for me i mean that's that's i mean that's really that's really cool and that you just i mean i'd I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just, I mean, you kind of said it like you knew you were going to be better. Yeah. So like from the get go, then how did, how did you find rocket league? I think I played it. The first time I played it was like the weekend that it came out. I went to my friend's house. He had a PS4 and it was free for that month. So we played tag (laughs) in free play where we just try to run into each other. That's and then hilarious. Like, two months later, I played it. I probably played like maybe 10 hours total on his account. Uh, and like I, it took me forever to realize I could double jump. <laughs> uh, and then 
in 2016, I think, I finally got the game and was like, man, I wish I had started playing when the game first came out. I'd be so much better now. And then so, from there, I just I just stuck with it. That's just that's just how you're wired. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember how I found it actually that second time. Don't and remember. and then, I guess I'm. I know you mentioned it a little bit, but and of course you said that like you're a person of routines. So, what was the routine like when you first got going? in terms of like practicing and improving and things of that nature. And how did you like, was it just a natural thing for you? Because even now for me, I look back on uh, practicing, practicing anything really. And for the longest time, there was just this resistance to practicing new things because I couldn't do it, so I just yeah. wasn't even gonna try. Yeah. So what what was that? What was that like for you? Well, like I said before, I think I've always viewed failure as a positive to some extent. So I think naturally I had that going for me. But I I can't really I can't remember that far back actually trying to actively improve at the game. It's kind of weird. I feel like I should be able to. Especially, um, especially yeah. considering like you're so comfortable with the, like the thought process of improvement and messing things up and trying them over again. Yeah. Well, I've definitely learned along the way. Like, I feel like that wasn't something I necessarily, had. well, I was what, 13 when I first started playing the game. So I'd be surprised if I had that presence of mind back then, uh, but I don't know. I guess I've I've always enjoyed playing ranked. So I just play a lot of ranked. Oh, ones. I played a ton of ones when I was first starting. Okay. That's probably that's probably where I got the majority of my mechanics practice that early on was from 1v1. That helps so much. And I did a lot of replay analysis from a very small. Well, cuz especially with starting with ones, it was really easy to look at replays. Yeah, I I I do remember looking at 1v1 replays a lot when I was probably like around plat. Well, I I mean, if you want something that is going to make you okay with screwing up and losing and failing, I mean, hopping into the ones playlist is definitely the yes. place to be. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good point because you don't really, if you, <laughs> if you can get past the, part of ones that tilt you which i still get frustrated by ones you you separate the kind of the shame from failing that your teammates would that you might get from like facing the ball in front of your teammates um at least that's what comes to my mind i think it's ones is a scary place to be because it almost is just like a mirror for who you are as a player mm-hmm. like you can be in threes and make a mistake and just think like oh that's just how i play like it's totally fine but you make that same mistake in ones and you get scored on and it doesn't feel good to make a mistake and immediately look at how you get scored on from that and that yeah. is that is ones yeah i think depending on how i feel during the day ones 
I can either feel that or kind of separate myself from getting scored on. So what is your rank in ones? Are you GC in ones as well? Or can you pull yeah. that off? Yeah, I've been grand champ since like for for probably over a year now. Let me see. I actually have a screenshot of when I got it. Of course you do. Of course I do, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't I? So I think, you know, we were talking before the show a little bit. Um, and in terms of, I mean, in terms of mentality, uh, I will say that he is not nearly as family friendly as I am in terms of language. I like to keep things pretty clean here, but Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V uh, is great for mentality um, and mindset and things of that nature. And I think he has a really good view on the world. Uh, but one of his things is also documenting everything. Um, he talks about how he wishes that he, like he pays somebody, he has a full team of people, like three or four people that he pays purely just to follow him around and record everything that he does. Like he does a weekly vlog, but he pays people a salary to follow him around and record him as opposed to doing it himself. Uh, so he feels like documenting things is so, so important. Um, so I feel like, you know, for somebody like you that has been so, uh, you know, good at documenting things, I think it's something that you could appreciate as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to look at him. Did you, were you able to find that screenshot? Yeah, there's no date on it though. That's weird. I might be able to. Maybe in like the properties or something. Yeah. Well, it's on Steam, but it doesn't oh, tell me when it got when it, it. Was posted. Uh, September 22nd, 2018 was when I got Grand Champion. In ones. Yeah, that was back when it was like 1300 MMR as well. Now it's like 100 less. Do you... Jeez, it's been two, it's been almost two years and I haven't improved in ones. I mean, can you still get GC? Yeah. So... I would certainly say, I mean, that's like saying, you know, Kronovi hasn't improved because he's still playing in RLCS since season one. <laughs> sure. Yes. Like yeah. you've certainly improved if you can maintain Grand Champ over all those seasons. Yeah. And I think to give you a little credit. Thank you. If anything, um, I have improved my. Like I can see the ceiling of where I know I can be. Like I've learned the knowledge to understand what I should be doing. I just haven't put in the time to raise myself to that level. Yeah. So this month, uh, I've been only practicing. I haven't played any mm. games at all this month. It's just been like training maps, workshop maps and, and free play. And Part of me is really nervous to play a game because, you know, I feel like I'm improving. I feel like I'm getting better. I don't want to hop into that first game and just play horribly. Right. Uh, but I feel like I have gained an understanding and learned more about this game. Like I, it's been extremely uh, focused practice on a consistent basis. So I feel like I understand the game in a way that I've never understood it before as well. That's good. Yeah, I think it, I think, uh, you know, when I asked you about roadblocks before, I feel like I have 
had a lot of plateaus in my experience with Rocket League. Like I was stuck in gold for a really long time and then I like figured some things out and then I got up to diamond and I was in diamond for a decent amount of time. And I think I posted a video in October of 2018 when I hit champ one for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I've been champ three once for like a week. And then I bounced into champ two three or four times. But for the majority of the time since 2018, since the same time that you hit grand champ, I've been champ one in threes. So, I mean, I I can certainly uh, relate when it comes to feeling like you haven't improved. But also, like, do you spend time training on a consistent basis now? I mean, obviously, you were busy with, uh, you know, all the editing and things. But would you, like, if you did play, would you ever spend time practicing things? Or it was editing and playing and you were just, like, doing what you could do since you were spending so much time on the editing side? Yeah, well, before I hit that nine-month break, I was pretty... When I, when I only had competitive to focus on in Rocket League, I was pretty consistent. And as of today, I'm hoping to get back on that schedule. Uh, and that schedule, yeah. like, so would that be consistent training then? Yes. I think playing every day is what I need to be doing right now. And when you say playing, like, do you mean just, I guess when I think of playing the game, when I hear playing the game, I think just like playing games, but do you mean practicing and playing or what? I guess if you could write out a schedule, and of course I'm not going to hold you to whatever you say you're going to do, but like if you had to give a rough outline of what you think a schedule would look like for you in terms of like playtime, what do you what would your goals be? Okay, well, if my friend Dribs is watching, I'm going to try to commit myself to hopefully depending on, you know, what I have time for. Hopefully I'm, I'm hoping to get to 60 hours in the past two weeks and maintain that. I've never played that much before, but I think I can now. Um, and then I kind of view, I don't know. I'm at this weird stage that I feel like not a lot of people are where, like I said, I, I feel like I understand the game further than where I play currently. So I feel like as long as I'm staying mindful, and conscious while playing the game i will improve i just need to find some consistency and then in the way that in working out you you lift weights to build muscle and you do cardio to lose fat i feel like you do you play the game to practice game sense and rotations like ranked or tournaments or something and then you do training on your own to practice mechanics obviously there's some overlap uh, depending on you know what your issues are but Hopefully I can stick to a schedule of daily mechanics training and then be able to consistently play in a challenging environment. That's my strategy going forward. This is, this is really intriguing to me. Um, and I, 
I'm trying to formulate the idea, but it's also not completely there because I was also still trying to pay attention to what you were saying. Uh, and I think the one thing there that I'm curious about is kind of what we were talking about earlier. And I guess I don't, I don't really know how this works completely. Um, but improving in such a way that once you are I want I want to know your thoughts on this because obviously like there there's improving and you have to be extremely like focused and put in a lot of effort when you're improving to be able to keep up at a at a faster pace, right? But then how how does one transition from having to be extremely focused and uh you know invested in that level of play and when does that turn into being second nature? Like how do you turn that into being just how you play the game? Good does that question. make sense? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so in the field of sports psychology, there's a, I think it's like a pyramid usually it's represented, but it's like a path. So I wish I could draw this out, but uh, it's like four ascending boxes. So at the very bottom is level one, which is unconscious unknowing which is you first start, you're like a bronze and you play the game. You don't understand what's happening and you don't know why you're bad. You don't even know that you're bad because you don't understand anything. Uh, and then the step above that is conscious unknowing where you know that you're bad at the game, but you're not, you can't do anything about it. You're so still like just you've, bad. Yeah, you've gained some perspective, but you haven't really gained a skill. Uh, this is kind of this applies to really any kind of muscle memory, uh, and then above that is conscious knowing, which is you you are able to do something, but you have to focus on it. So that's like hitting a flip reset in training after practicing, I guess, um, where you're only able to do something if you're consciously thinking about it, or like juggling even. Um, you're able to juggle, but you have to think about the balls while doing it. And then the final step, step four, is unconscious knowing, where you could juggle while, you know, walking or something. It, at that point, that skill has been committed to muscle memory. Uh, that's kind of like the general way I think about it. Huh. Yeah. So in your experience... And maybe it's maybe it's just like an effort over time thing, but how do you move from the stage three to stage four? Obviously, it's different for everybody, but I think specifically from the to commit to something to muscle memory, you just have to do it over and over and over. So I can hit a flip reset in training after ten times of practice. But to be able to hit it in a game, I have to be able to hit it 10 out of 10 times in practice to get at that 1 out of 10 in a match. Uh, so once you're able to execute a skill, so going through the chart, it's like learning to just say flip reset. At, at first, you're not even able to take the ball up the wall. 
or you don't even know what a flip reset is. Next, you learn what it is. Next, you're able to do it in training, and then next, you're able to do it in a game. So I think it just comes down to how much you practice. Yeah. Just like, doing it constantly. I think you, the last time I watched Forky stream, which was a long time ago, uh, no offense to him, like he's obviously <laughs> a great player, but um, I just remember him being in a 1v1 and i mean that guy always puts on a show and he talks he talks so much smack to his opponents like while he's playing them uh and he's like oh so you want you oh you want to do a free freestyle 1v1 and this guy can and he doesn't score it he didn't score it every single time but just the fact that he could set up an off the wall ceiling shot musty flick double touch Mm -hmm. like every single time he takes the ball up the wall he jumps off the wall gets his car onto the ceiling comes off the ceiling is able to put a musty flick on the ball and then go and at least get the second touch off of that like eight out of ten times blows my mind it's it's crazy to see especially because you're only seeing the final product of all that practice so it's not like he just did workshop maps and was able to control his car a certain way and now is able to do all those mechanics just because he has some baseline of car control. It's that he's practiced that one specific move an uncountable amount of times. Thousands. Tens of yeah. thousands, probably. Yeah. And it's-, it's gotten to the point where he doesn't even have to think about it. He just He doesn't think, okay jump at this point and press down my left finger and twist the stick this certain way and then land on the ceiling and then jump off. He just thinks, okay, jump to the ceiling. I mean, let's take it to the next step. Like, is he really even thinking? Like he's at all. He's handling, he's he's handling a stream of a, a few hundred people. Yeah. While doing that, like he's, he's doing a musty flick in the air while reading chat. Like, give me a break. That guy, that guy is on another level in terms of mechanics, if you ask me. Yeah, well, it depends on your perspective, I guess, because assuming, you know, you're somewhere in champ, you can probably dribble the ball and talk to somebody. Yeah, but like, that's not just keep... that. Right, but it's, it's the same thing. It's just applied to a easier or a, something that just takes more time to learn. Right, so it, it's it's really just uh effort over time for you him. learn you learn to do a flip reset the same way that you learn to shoot the ball or carry the ball and by that you mean like um not like just a basic flipping into the ball to get it into the goal it just comes down to the the harder it is the more time it takes to learn right but i mean doesn't... it's the, it's the same process it's just learning the different mechanic yeah exactly Sure. Yes. I've I've certainly learned over you know the past couple of weeks that and I, I'm curious cuz I I had a conversation with somebody in my Discord about this today actually cuz I've been working on air control a lot. Um some and again, you know, this goes into kind of everything that we were talking about. Some people just pick up on different things naturally. And for me, I, for whatever reason, and I I would never say I've been okay at video games, 
but I've never been like super amazing awesome at video games or games in general. But this is the first time that I feel like I have taken my efforts or really um, kind of taken myself to the next level of caring to be really good at something. And some people just naturally, kind of like your friend, they just naturally get there. But for some of these mechanics, even when it comes to like a basic carry the ball on top of my car or doing a 1080 or a 180 flick or a 90 degree flick, like I have to be able to break those things down to their most minute pieces so that I can do them effectively. Right. Like the bowling swing. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, I equated it to a golf swing, which is a different version of a bowling swing. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's all the yeah, same thing. Yeah, definitely. 100%. If you're good at bowling, you're good at golf. That's what they say. Really? No. <laughs> okay. I was going to... I don't know. I've, I've, ne- I've never golfed before, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, I I would like to look at that person in the face and see how they <laughs> validate that because, I mean, you are swinging something. I'll give you that. There's a ball in both of them. Yeah, they're pretty much the same size. Pretty close. I would love to go golfing with a bowling ball. That would be a disaster. <laughs> Man, uh, well, this was unexpected to say the least. I always go into these uh, not knowing what to expect. Uh, but usually always being happy with the outcome. I, I do have one more question for you, uh, especially now that you're going to be spending so much more time with the game, which is super exciting. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what, you know, gosh, I mean, theoretically, if you started school again at the end of the summer, it's, it's what, February now? So like six About months six you months, have? Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, so much can happen in six months. I'm really excited to see where things go for you. Thank you. But uh, what what do you feel like is going to be the first thing on your list when you get back onto the practice field? Um, playing every day, at least for a few hours. I, I think holding myself to a standard of, like I said, a certain amount every two weeks or something is a good mm-hmm. place to start. Uh, and I'm really, really going to focus on trying to get some degree of consistency in my mechanics. So what does the, I want? I'm curious how you break that down. Like when you say getting some consistency in your mechanics, how, what do you mean by that? And how are you going to go about doing it? So I think it takes some practice to navigate. And I've kind of gained some kind of perspective about me specifically because I was I feel at a certain time pretty consistent with mechanics. Um, like I said, about a year ago, like I, I, I would come back to the game and it suddenly clicked. This happened twice where it clicked. I was playing. I was like confident I could get top 100. I was playing extremely well, very consistent. And then I wasn't able to play the game. And then I tried coming back and it was gone. So. I don't know exactly. I think 1v1 is really important because that for whatever reason, that helps a ton with mechanical consistency. Um, I think what, what's been useful for me is practicing really specific, difficult freestyle type stuff. Because I've spent so much time practicing the certain 
mechanical um, things where I feel like I naturally try to take the easiest approach so that I can hit it. Like you were saying um, with anything where you're scared to fail at it so that holds you back. I think yes. naturally I've kind of built up not not I'm not scared of it, but I know I I play it safe so that I can score the goal. Sure. Uh but I, I noticed recently I, I haven't gotten a chance to do this yet or since, but about a month ago, um I saw that this guy made a recreation of a Justin montage where the ball is set up in the same place. So I just again watched a movie and tried to recreate the shots exactly as I saw them in the montage. And for whatever reason, that helped a lot where it was something that's extremely difficult, but I have a direct example. And knowing myself, I know for whatever reason, that's how I learn. I learn really well from example where I'm, I see something and then I replicate it and then those skills just kind of stick. Huh. Uh, so like when learning editing with After Effects, I would take other people's videos and not copy them, but I would try to replicate specific things as well as I could, or I'd follow a tutorial. And then for whatever reason, that stuff just stays with me. It's almost so, like a living yeah. tutorial. Yeah. It's all a tutorial. Life's a tutorial. Amen, man. <laughs> huh? Well, in living tutorial, like thinking of the Justin montage, like you just, you basically turn that into a tutorial for yourself. Yeah. I didn't get past the second shot. <laughs> I mean, being able to hit any of them, any of the things that Justin does is an accomplishment. It's he was he was what got me thinking about that whole like he's doing that in an RLCS match. So you think, "Oh, I practice my mechanics and I'm able to do that." But it's I don't it just doesn't make sense to me how how good he is. So that's the standard I'm holding myself to going forward. Isn't it crazy? It's annoying. It's, it's frustrating. Up, it's upsetting. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, just thinking about it right now is, and I think uh, because I am, or I hopefully am improving, um, I th I feel as if I am improving now. Uh, just being able to understand the complexity of the things that he does in the game and the rate of consistency in which he does them against all of these other players. Like, it, how how often they say, like, oh, man, you know, it's annoying, it's scary to play against him. Like, you never know what he's going to do. It's almost like a meme. But then at the same time, it's it truly is just mind-boggling, the things that he's capable of. Yeah. I think he had a background in freestyling before. I think so did Squishy. So again, that goes back to what I was saying, where like, in that sense, mechanics can be more important, where it's much faster to learn rotations. And if you've built up, like being better at mechanics just comes down to millions of practice. I, I, whole, of I wholeheartedly agree. And I don't know if you saw this or remember it, but your uh, Dignasos teammate, uh, a few months ago, like four or five months ago, tweeted out that the future professionals of Rocket League would come from the freestyling community. 
mm-hmm. because their mechanics would be at such a higher level that if they're able able to evolve into being able to understand the game at the same level that a professional understands the game, then they're just going to be at a completely different like evolution or capability than where the pros are at now. And I've even heard Fruity say on stream that there are players that are mechanically better than him, but they just don't, they're not smart enough when they play the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Astral is somebody that people talk about. Yes. Being like that. Yeah. Where it's just, it's so, it works so well. Yeah, he's another guy that's just like bonkers. So, are you familiar with Calculated.gg? It's the website or the um, replay website, right? Yeah. So they also do like analysis of numbers and different things within the game. I looked at some of Dignitas's replays, and most pros average a speed of like sixteen thousand Unreal units a second is like how fast they go. Any like sometimes 15 to 16,000. Astral consistently is in the high 16 to 17,000. Like he just is nuts. So he's on average faster than every pro. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I like depending on how perfectionistic you want to get, but I think that's the standard that at least I want to hold myself to. Not Be- like that's that's the that's the goal that I'm working towards. Yeah. I think about that myself. And that's honestly the joy that this game brings me is that I always have something to work on. I always have something like if if I really want to sit down and work on something, there's always going to be something there. Like there's always going to be something to strive for. Yeah, that's the fun part about not being the highest rank, I think, is anything you do, you can improve at. And I think if you kind of set your expectations to, you know, you don't expect to be just in the next year or something, and you just kind of focus on improving yourself, it can be actually pretty enjoyable to be lower ranked. Yeah, because you have, you have something to strive for. Yeah, everything you do, you can improve it. And then when you when you really start paying attention to what you can improve at, you see how big the holes actually are. Yeah, that's why I like coaching lower-ranked people is cuz you always have the opportunity to say, "Oh, and instead of doing this, you should do this." And they go, "Oh my god, I had no idea." And they come back a week later, they're like, "Oh, I'm a higher rank." And you don't get that at grand champ or anything yeah higher you don't get like that eureka moment where something just clicks and you feel so much better i think it's almost like peyton and i were talking about uh his back post video that he put out just a couple days ago Mm -hmm. um and even that like you kind of joke about it and I don't want to say I don't take it seriously because now I think about it, but really if you are in like a gold or platinum area and you are 
consciously rotating to the back post on a consistent basis and just sitting there and waiting for your defensive opportunity, that alone, like he said, it moved him from platinum to diamond. If you do that one thing and just get really good at making decisions from the back post, you will move up so much. Yeah, to uh, expand on that, um, the number one tip, I haven't done coaching in a while, but back when I was, the number one thing that I said to pretty much every single person I spoke to was to give more space. Obviously, I could I could spend an, like a week talking about a lot of this stuff. but <laughs> The longest podcast ever. That would be the selling point. People would... <laughs> Uh, so space, the reason why back post works is because it gives you space from the play and it gives you vision. So the reason why the pros are able to move at that 15 or 16 unreal units is because how much, when they're moving that fast, you can't react. It all ties together. So it's hard to find like a starting point with this stuff. But when you're moving that fast, you can't, uh, look at things and, um, can't think of the word like your reaction time is significantly lengthened because of the speed that you're moving Um, so you have to be farther back from something to be able to respond yeah it helps to draw this out normally i'm drawing on the screen when talking to people (laughs) uh so if you can get down i think it's better to play farther back generally and then work on increasing your speed rather than worrying about playing as fast as possible and then that puts you too far forward and then you have to worry about stopping your car and reversing and then you waste boost. That's also why the pros are so good at maintaining boost is because they give space and they play quickly so they never lose their momentum. It all ties together. Yeah. I hope I did at least, I conveyed at least some of that. No, I, th- I think it's, I think what you're saying is very valid. Um, have you watched Rizzo's Road to Grand Champ videos? I have not. Okay. I mean, you're already there, so that's a road that you don't really have to travel anymore. So I could understand why you wouldn't watch them. If I don't know if um, this would ever be the kind of content that you would want to make, uh, and I'm not capable of making it right now because my MMR is not that high, but I think uh, something that the community would really like is a uh, quote unquote road to 1700 video where you do videos from 1500 to 1700. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really interesting uh, because there's still like, there's a big difference in between those. I would love yeah. to see Rizzo do that. Yeah. Um, But what I, the thing that I think that's interesting about what you just said is I feel like one thing that the pros do well, or at least Rizzo explains in his video, uh, especially the last one when he finally got grand champ, is that when your teammate has possession of the ball, it's almost um, the role of the next person to give space, but at the same time be prepared to extend the play. Like once that first person gets challenged, like to be able, like once they flick the ball or hit it or whatever, like you continue the play to chase after the ball to go wherever the play expands to. So like you have to give that space, but then you also have to be in the play and ready to continue on. Yeah, I I think in the most general sense that comes from that momentum that I was talking about. 
Yes. Like, you'll be better off, That's generally, you'll be better off playing farther back and keeping up speed and just carrying that speed into your challenge wherever the ball goes rather than pushing forward and stopping your momentum where you commit to only one potential outcome of the play. Yes. No, I think when you think about it from that momentum point of view, uh, and it's it's such a fine line because you want to follow the play and like be ready, and you also want to keep that momentum. Uh, man, uh, being like where I'm at in the game, that just gives me something else to think about. So that's sure. nice. Thanks for that. So this has all been me winding down the show that I started doing 20 minutes ago, but then we started talking about other stuff. Apologies. And no, 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 no. I did it. It's my fault. Uh, I will I will take responsibility for that one. Um, and selfishly, I did it just because I wanted to anyways. Uh, but I know that, um, you know, these things... Uh, good things can only last so long. Um, so I, I want to start winding things down. But before I do that, uh, and I, I said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, this was a real joy. I hope you had as much fun as I did having this conversation um, over the, the past hour and uh, 30 minutes. It's It's been a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you for being willing to share an evening with me. Absolutely. Uh, but in terms of winding down, uh, it is infinite boost tradition to go through the three phases of winding down the show. And the first one is uh, sharing any final thoughts with the infinite boost community that you might have to put a little bow on top. Oh, geez. Uh, do what you like. Don't do what you don't like. Try to enjoy the process. Nice. That's all. That's 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 all I got. Let's put it on a t-shirt. It's <laughs> a good one. Nice. Don't do what you don't like. Amen. That yeah. is that is so true. Uh, okay, and then next part is. What is it? That's a great question, Tom. The next part is where people can find you out on the internet. I'm sure most people already know where they can find you. Uh, but just in case we have a listener that hasn't discovered Zeke out there on YouTube, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter.com at RLZeke. YouTube.com slash ZekeF. Uh, I guess now on Twitch. I think that's ZekeRL. So I have three different tags. But yes, those are my three platforms currently. All right. Very good. And I will be sure to link those down below uh, just to make sure that they are available. Um, and then a question for the community. Uh, I always like to end with a, a question that uh, people can have the opportunity to uh, give an answer. So if you were able to ask a question to a few hundred people that are going to be listening to this show, what would that question be? Oh, geez. Uh, well, okay. I, I have 
one in mind, but um, I mean, if you have two, I'm not. I'm not going to say you can't have two. I have one. uh, Let me think. That's that's tough. (laughs) I'm not telling you you can't think. Let me think. Question. Uh, man. Okay. Well, I can't come up with like a literal question, so I'll leave you with this. Uh, something that helps motivate me is asking myself. So why don't my? I ask myself, if not now, when? So to to I guess in the Jesus, this is falling apart, Tom. No, it's not. You, we're doing thro- we're doing. Tom, so this Tom, is Tom. You've thrown me for a loop. I wasn't expecting to ask questions tonight. Well. Sometimes the interviewee becomes the interviewer. My life has been turned upside down. You got to be ready for anything. Fortunately, if you turned that Z upside down, it would still just be kind of a Z. Let me rephrase the question then, or the opportunity. If you could ask Peyton one question, what would it be? Oh my god. What's wrong with me? Is that your question? That's <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? Um I guess okay, so the only stuff I can think of is like I would ask to benefit me. So like what what do people want to see in the community, I guess. Like what are you interested in learning about? Oh, okay. So how about this? In what form do you think mindfulness and sports mentality would be digestible in the Rocket League community? You mean like a, a weekly interview style podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you can't clickbait that though. That's the problem. You, need you can't to click- clickbait what? You can't clickbait an interview about psychology. Challenge accepted. I honestly, I'd like to see it. I would like to see it. I think that's what people need. I think YouTube. I mean, I'm seeing a YouTube headline right title that's just like the best mechanic that nobody's talking about. The mental mechanic. Not well. No, you the, don't want to put mental because that just thro- like yeah, that yeah, gives yeah, it all shit. away. No, you got me. You got me. Imagine how many clicks you would get on a video that was just like, I discovered a new mechanic. And then how many dislikes that video would get. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Worth it. No, here's the thing, though. And I will will give you um, some credit for this as well. That I feel like uh, your uh, presentation... How you present things, you would be able to do it that would be inviting to people. That's good to hear. And here's the thing, like you don't you don't know until you try. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh I've I've thought about making videos like that myself. Um 
and I have I have run into the same roadblocks for sure. Like, do people even want this? How do you present it in a way that's like effective and also entertaining? And then like in such a way that people can make immediate use of it. Right. People but, want to be spoon-fed information. So when it becomes difficult to grasp or take any kind of effort from them to understand, it's much harder to get them yeah. to listen. Well, and it's it's a little bit more abstract. Um, so it's not quite as easy to execute on. Like when, right. you, when you see a tutorial about an air dribble, you go into free play, you knock the ball on the wall, and then you try to do an air dribble. Yeah. When you make it, I mean, maybe here you go, Zeke, uh, like make a tutorial about how to not tilt, like just break it down into five steps. Like, yeah, when you think about when, when I present that out loud, it sounds kind of weird, but then at the same time, like, why not just think of five tips of like you're okay you're starting to feel mad well if you're starting to feel mad just do this and then once you've done that do this and then once you've done that do this and just like air dribbles you're gonna suck at first like you still might get tilted but then after doing it a hundred times you still might get tilted but you're only going to be tilted for two minutes instead of a month right Okay. Yeah, Thoughts? Sure. Well, I have uh, all my ideas for videos listed in a Google thing. Of course you do. And yeah, well, it's very important. Yesterday, no, I, literally I mean... yesterday, I wrote the title for a video, How to Never Get Tilted Again, parentheses mindfulness. Yeah. So we're on the same page. But no, that's a good point. I think... Yeah, I'll think about that because that seems like a good way of presenting. That hey, I mean, if you wanna if you wanna collab on something like that, I'm I'm down to shoot around some ideas too. Sure. Um, but anyways, we've already made it through the three steps, and then we started another podcast. So, <laughs> oopsies. A uh, little few extra bonus moment. Bo- See, I need to stop. It's for been a, yeah, no, it's been a long time. Jeez, Louise. A few little bonus minutes for you there. Again, Zeke, uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a real treat. I look forward to meeting you uh, in Dallas. Even my dogs are ready for this podcast to be over. They can't handle it anymore. I look forward to meeting you in Dallas. Uh, Thank you so much for the time. And of course, thank you for the boost. Yes, sir. Anytime. Anytime.